The, the picture is good. The frame is flawed. But it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Jet Great Jack. coaster bed, friend. Matt's looking good. Yeah, and everyone's looking do you, good. Do you pronounce it Delamater? Yeah. De- yeah. I think you're like the first human on the planet. I don't really care, but yeah. I'm Delamater. one of those people who don't Matt care. Matt will so. question if someone's named Smith. Mm-hmm. So is it Smythe? Smythe? Or yeah. <laughs> is it a Smythe or a Smith? Dude, I have this thing when I read, uh, for some reason, when I'm especially in like scripts and things where like I almost will will read words like some words like phonetically uh-huh. and like even when my brain is telling me like that's not how you say this word it's like sorry i'm overriding you yeah. <laughs> you know and like you just sound like such a moron oh, and these like table reads or something i'm like yeah. i gotta fix that <laughs> i can't explain that one away so yeah table Don't. reads must be a weird setting is that your first is all, that right, general, all right all oh, right let's, let's get started with the podcast oh, let's <laughs> grab yours let's table read this real quick and we'll get right to it let's do it i'm in the ready to do this thing i yeah. think so yeah. quite the preamble you know <laughs> it's the one, <laughs> yeah it's no, the preamble it's very smartless i feel yeah. like very like yeah like, yeah it's like, like yeah well be, we're gonna start be. this off with a bang because i have a tendency when i get excited to say these kind of big flattering exciting things about the person across from us and make them very uncomfortable okay so good because i know he can return the favor <laughs> to us I'm, both I'm so going to. you know yeah to. we can yeah. all do it but today i'm gonna i'm gonna hedge that because I know you're a humble man, I'm going to hedge that pretty good. Okay. So we have certainly had more singularly successful people sit in this chair across from us. Obviously, Rob Todd. But truly, when it comes to when it comes to breadth of experience, when it comes to somebody who's had an ability to resonate across like a number of different things, or like what people would call like a Renaissance man. Really a cool opportunity to... I'm sure he loves the term. <laughs> the Renaissance man. I slid that in there just I'm to make just, you blush. Faking, you know, forcing my <laughs> smile. But when, it comes, like, to, when it comes to having a ton of different experiences in a ton of different places that people resonate with, really cool opportunity to sit down and, and talk with you today. And you would be Matthew Delamater, CFO, part owner of Oxbow, a man who acts, has recently been in the tender bar. Um, also a movie I watched last night called Down East about local Maine, um, does photography, has played football, just a breadth of experience. I'm really excited to, to sit down and talk to you today. Oh man. I like how you threw football in. Football. Yeah. Thanks man. That's like, <laughs> a, like that's a former school. life, you know, I, I don't think of myself in, in a football terms much I, I these days. Was a semi, I thought there was a semi-pro aspect. There, yeah. They're right in Portland, Maine. That's true. That's hey, true. semi-pro oh, okay, is semi-pro. Okay, I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. Getting past that speaks to it. The would, fact yeah, of like, me there's sound a lot so much. Than I actually yeah, am. That one just falls to the bottom when there's so much. I'm going to just, Pack on one more thing. Uh, g- greatest wedding photographer. Oh, you know, God. Tag, tag that onto the top. But but yeah, seriously, man, that was, um, I think, pretty much when I got to know, at least get started to get to know you, um, you had done a, a show, Local Brew, which at least as I understood it, the idea was sort of self-fund and then ideally maybe try to get yeah. it picked up by like a travel channel or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for super well produced and for me, like I was, I think we were like a year or two in and you guys came in and it, it felt cool, man. It really did. And you, I got that little glimpse in sort of your, I guess the professionalism, if nothing else, because there's a very certain type of like character you almost need to be in that setting. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and yeah, it was just really cool, a really cool experience for me. And then uh, a few years later, you ended up uh, photographing uh, Hester and I's wedding, and yeah, I got to know you as friend a little bit. And then yeah. um, haven't seen you in a while because because yeah. of, of COVID. So I'm just psyched to catch up, man. Awesome. I haven't seen you since you acted alongside Ben Affleck. So, you know, <laughs> happened. Well, that's that's true. That's that's not bad company. I got yeah. no, I missed you guys. It's been so I'm so grateful to be here. I mean, I I, I love your show. I, I I'm an avid listener and uh like you said this is the golden age of podcasts these days so <laughs> yes. while, while we're, while we're maybe starting to rust and, but uh, and, uh, yeah. you know we live in maine so we've been known to you know drive a few miles here there so <laughs> so many miles is, uh, is, is, we got uh, some drivers in the house yeah, right now. Ooh, yeah. that windshield time yeah. baby you know <laughs> but yeah. uh for 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 me personal question before we kick it off as someone who came to know noah has become one of my closest friends in the world, someone I literally view kind of like a brother. Um, a little bit of FOMO that I missed that wedding of two amazing people. Oh how was uh, how was Noah's wedding? That was incredible. I mean, I, I, mean I, I have to say, I mean, I, I, I've always, I think, I don't think anybody that hasn't met Noah has, doesn't walk away being like, is that the nicest human I've ever met? Oh, okay, no, okay. I can tell you. I, think that's I can name a yeah. couple. Maybe not that. Maybe not that moped guy. But that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's cool. <laughs> Fuck that guy. The, he really uh, listens. But, He's so good at the, this. Uh, but the um, no, I mean, I, to me, I, I I really, you know, my, my wife has a, a photography company that I, I get I get the uh, the joy of getting to shoot with her on uh, mm. Emily Delamater Photography and and. Noah and Hester were, were were so gracious and uh, and 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 to to ask me to to do it. I I really consider it an honor, and and honestly, like you know, weddings are a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Weddings are a thing. Everybody knows. I love it. weddings. Everybody's got a their own version of what they are, but I think at their ideal core, they are a celebration of a really wonderful, magical, beautiful, of a huge thing. magnitude, uh, yeah. and that you get to choose, you get to celebrate, you get to bring all the people around you that you love and that love you, and hang out. And celebrate that. That's a really cool thing. It's a tradition. And you guys, your wedding in particular, really, it was such an organic, beautiful expression. And that is the most fun thing in the world yeah, to be yeah, at. Hell yeah. And to get to photograph and to get to look through a lens and, and not be like, oh man, how am I going to photograph this person that just looks angry all day? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I got to steal that glimpse. It was like, I could have closed my eyes and just shot, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I would have been fine. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was, it was genuine. It was happy. I felt lucky to be there. And that, so yeah. and that's, that's no, that's, that's no joke. We still, my wife and I still talk about those images and, and I still talk about that day to this day. So that's incredible. thank you. Thank well, you for having let's me. Let's all there. thank Hester. I, mean, I was going to say, honest. I know a lot yeah, of people would walk here. away from Hester saying that's the nicest. Yeah, yeah exactly. You guys are, you guys are, <laughs> I'm yeah, glad you're, you're lumping us you together. You guys are I'll dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous yeah. together. You're like, <laughs> I can't pick who. Yeah. So no, it's a, uh, um, but, uh, for the love of God, enough about I, me, please. We can get no, it going. I'm going to say um, one more thing and then I'm going to stop. <laughs> Rock it I'm going to say baby. one more thing because I have to say, being someone that start, came into main beer world as, as, a, as a true fan, as someone who didn't know anything about it, was just, I just loved beer, loved the world, I loved the energy of it. And, you know, you guys with our show, Local Brew, let us come in, you know, I was, you know come on. You know, some guy comes in and says, hey, can we like film a television you show with you? you? So you're saying that. Peter Bissell has ever said no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in hindsight, so you think that hindsight is twenty twenty. Okay, maybe we can take this with a grain of salt. I think yeah. everybody was getting uh, a little something. That's true. From okay, that. so that, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. I just I was so struck by not you guys were so passionate. You had all the skills. You were clearly so talented. It was like you know all those things. But to like see that and to get you got to know you then and to know you guys. Now, after your tremendous, well-deserved, incredible success that is only going to evolve and, be, and continue to grow, it's, it's truly a tribute to you guys because that doesn't happen a lot in life 
where people start out as the, the, the wonderful, passionate, enthusiastic, kind souls that they are, and then go through huge changes, growth, you gotta fight to keep and it. things, and then you could pick that one day in the past and one day today and be like, oh, is that, that that's, there's no difference. That's yeah. the same kind of, so bravo to you guys. Yeah. I mean, well, thank you so much. Um, and I, I literally will crumple into a, like a ball of tin yeah, foil. Yeah, we're done, I'm done. If I, if You're I also kind of an asshole. I love, <laughs> I love you, but yeah. Uh, you know, as Matt said, you're a renaissance man. I think, uh, you know, this is a this is a beer podcast. So I suppose we should start with sure. in in that world yeah. a little bit. Um, it, we've kind of talked about it with flashes. It's almost sort of a punchline, I think, more on here because of Matt's fear for uh, how he views our CFO, which is basically Darth Vader. <laughs> um, and that's that's sort of a bit they both play into. But yeah. um, in seriousness, uh, the impact that's had for especially me as someone very outside as even from day one has been outside of like the books um it's helped in just so many ways um and most i'm just kind of curious to to for you to sort of walk through your um you know i've talked with jared so i'm armed with sort of some of his perspective on coming into the brewery um but i'm also curious coming to yours because usually there's x amount however long the company's been open of evidence that there was not a cfo here <laughs> beforehand <laughs> yeah. um so i'm curious of sort of what um maybe what some of the immediate needs you addressed at at oxbow when mm. you started there not not necessarily in the negative light but of, yeah. of course yeah. if there's no one to focus on that 100%. there's going to be things that fall under so well i mean i think as you guys know i mean i think i think the beer industry in general is it's it's a very it's kind of a common blueprint that there were there tends to be at any onset of a, a brewery or a venture, there's a there's a, a, a beer human and a and a and a, a business human. Sure. Whether they drew the short straw or they, that was their 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 skill set or whatever, um, you know that seems to be kind of where it it begins. If if it begins, you know, in with two people or or a small group, and so I think you know Oxbow kind of yeah like many others started that way. You know, you know Tim Adams, the you know co-founder and. And, 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 and brewer, you know, he, he was like, you, I got the, I got the beer side. I need somebody to take care of the business side. There's Mm -hmm. a bunch of it. There's, you know, legal and insurance and people and humans and things. And that's not the fun, sexy stuff. Right. You know, and, and uh, you got to kind of have a a mind and understanding for that, but it's, it's, it's important. And so I came into the beer world where they had uh, someone doing that. They had the, you know, the, the other uh, founder of the company was doing that. And, And they were at a point where they they wanted to to go in another direction. They wanted to kind of they, they wanted to leave the business, and so uh, they were actively kind of needing to fill that void or find yeah. someone to fill that. So um, filling the void of a founder, I mean, that's a big, yeah, that's yeah. A big And I don't want to say that because that's a void you can never fill. But sure, basically, like, but hey, this person does all this stuff that's really important. That person's doing a lot, you know. So I we guess, need to do yeah. it, and hopefully, maybe we can we can do some more, and, and you know, so. Um, you know, for me, I came from, I had a banking background. I, I was in, in, in finance mm-hmm. in my career. I graduated, I went to school in, in Maine and graduated uh, in finance in English, actually, keep my soul intact. There you uh, go. Uh, a little both the, sides uh, of the Yeah, you need that. Um, and I, I ended up in banking, community banking, and, and did a whole bunch of different things, wore a bunch of different hats and lending and capital, you know, loan, uh, you know, debt structure and 
Um, and so I had that background. And at the time, at that transition point, that's that's kind of what some of the needs were was, you know, how do you transition? How do you, you know, bring in equity? How do you get debt and, yeah. and things? And amongst all the other things of, you know, capturing the data, organizing it in a, in a proper way, make totally. sure that you have reports, make sure the banker doesn't kick you out of the office, make sure your investors or whatever your stakeholders are, mm-hmm. you know, you can communicate that. And, and then, you know, mainly, as you guys know, it's how do you maintain cash flow and yeah and 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 and, uh and making sure that you can buy the goods and the and the and the things to keep making the beautiful beer and so when i joined oxbow there was definitely i was able to bring some newer level a higher level of of experience in those specific areas and but i didn't know beer you know, well, what I, mean? You, yeah, I mean, I knew enough sure, as a fan. Sure. I didn't, but sure. I, you know, I, I had never been didn't a CFO a before. I wasn't yeah. a director of, you know, so, you know, it was a, it was a, it was an opportunity. I felt, I thought it was a really good win-win in the way that, and I was really, I, I will forever be grateful for the opportunity that they, they gave me to, to get to join an amazing creative team of people making beautiful things and, and be able to use that part of my brain that I had, you know, for whatever reason, you know, gained to, to kind of help the cause. And so, um, when I started, it was kind of that that transition, making sure that the the banking relationship, making sure the invest relationships are are, are good and and happy, and we have all our um, funding correct, and make sure that we're liquid, and make sure we have capital and can 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 grow and meet the demands of the, the coming year. And it, and as you know, back then, all the you know, everybody's grown so fast. It was what like, year was that? Uh, it was six years ago. So what? Uh, like Yeah, and that's. I just wanted to quickly poke in to mention. Um, I think, right, because we were, I guess, two or three years behind Oxbow, but I would Mm -hmm. still kind of consider us of the same class, more or less. Absolutely. Um, And uh, at that time, I think both companies filled like a a very large hole of like uh, demand um, in, in, especially in the main scene. Beer Mm -hmm. was changing so much. But when you enter a business at that way, it's almost inevitable that your business are designed to grow infinite infinitely basically Mm -hmm. that's the easiest way to manage them as if if all the things keep going up um but you know generally like i think any brewer you'd ask now like things are tightening up and have been for the last few Mm -hmm. years so that's a particularly interesting uh case to come into like it's not like uh even like it'd be so different even coming into work at Allagash or something totally, a much totally. more established brewery. Yeah, there's kind of a like a like a like a, a rhythm of the the river that you can just kind yeah. of stay on whereas yeah. it's just ripping and you got to hold on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um no, I that was very much you know, we joked it was like I feel like it was fairly recently where we were like, "Whoa, we're not doing some insane crazy thing either either in reaction to something or because we're growing because you know, at the time, you know, we were we were they were still relatively a, a small brewery yeah. in, in the constructs of you know, um, we're less than, we were self-distributing, we're uh, less than 1500 barrels. Um, that was still that hard cap at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, we had, the, the brewery had opened, uh, Portland before I came. And so they were still expanding and, and growing that kind of tasting room revenue space and, and, ma- and maximizing that. that was, no Oxford, right? No Oxford yeah. wasn't until, uh, 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that was a kismet thing in the sense too, where, you know, that wasn't originally on the on the probably the the five year plan, so to speak, mm-hmm. we obviously had our flagship in, in Newcastle. We had the the Portland blending and bottling, which was our uh, new tasting room space and new kind of source of revenue there, and and also it helped with our production space and in in all the packaging and the bottling space and being able to 
utilize the space we didn't have in Newcastle, you know, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that sort of warehousing element that is, you know, Newcastle is a tricky place to yeah. get in and out of Big and time. trucks and things and how do you store stuff. And so that kind of solved a need there that, um, that, that the guys built out great and was there when I arrived. Um, but from, but when you, when you want to grow up upon that, having to navigate, how do we do, do you do it via wholesale? Do you do it via mm-hmm. no retail? And we had really had success in that kind of branching out in the different uh, spatial, you know, you know, uh, needs of the company. We had a Portland urban space, totally. we had a farm space and we were really intrigued and maybe do we want to go and, and, and seek out another farm, another, an, another kind of diversified space to be able to maybe do a restaurant, maybe do food. And it happened to be that, that, um, so that home, that place that Oxbow in Oxford is, is actually Emily's, my wife's um, family home. Oh, oh I didn't God. know. I didn't, I didn't know, know it was, I, was. I knew you were from Oxford. I didn't know it was yeah, that. So it was. Wow, man. It's the, uh, it's the, uh, formerly was the Carter's Cross Country Ski Center. Yeah, yeah. My wife's family. And so she had lost her dad uh, a few years, a few years prior to that. And they, you know. The family didn't really know what they were going to do with it. It kind of stayed dormant for a bit. There are other businesses up in Bethel. And uh, around the time that Oxbow, we were kind of considering branching out and maybe looking at another location, giving us some more space and mm-hmm. maybe a little closer to to, to Portland or um, to give us, to try to, again, solve some of the challenges in a small remote uh, brewing location. The the family was, came, the, uh, Emily's mom said, you know, I, I think I'm ready to sell. And, and so I, I, you know, I said, you know, I remember meeting with Tim. I was like, look, I am biased as all hell. (laughs) My vote does not count. You can tell me to go, you know, screw myself. But I said, I think we we should look at this. Just look at it, you know. And he had a connection to Western Maine because he'd been going up into the the Sunny River kind of Hanover area with his family his whole life. And so he kind of understood it. It's a good central location. Um, it, it, It was, it's you know, it's a more affordable region than, yeah. than mm-hmm. obviously Portland at that time. Yeah. And, and it just kind of seemed to check all the boxes. So we did the due diligence and we looked at it and, and um, yeah, they, and they, they came to the decision that, that we wanted to do it. And so that's, mm. I had, I don't know how I missed that connection. Well, it's no, not, you know, it, if you're not from that neck of the woods, you know, you know, a lot of people, if you're not a Nordic skier or whatever, yeah. you know, some people are like, Oh, this is the Carters. And yeah. so, so that's why there's, there's the Carter family still allows us to use the trails and that's why we're able to have skiing there for free and the trail uh-huh. maintenance. And, um, uh, my brother-in-law works, works up there and he helps, uh, manage the trails and, and with, <laughs> actually Tim Adams manages the trails. He, <laughs> as soon as we got that snowmobile, he's like, these trails are pretty sick. <laughs> so yeah. so to, 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 our, Tim's credit, he is the, he is an amazing, uh, uh groomer as it turns out. But, uh, yeah. And, and it just kind of, kind of morphed from there. And then, it, wow. and then who knew that, uh, you know, a global pandemic was in our, yeah. in our path. And, and so it, it turned out having some more outdoor space that was accessible and on the way to, to ski mountains and more, you know, people's lake houses and mountain homes. It, it, you know, it's been a. It's, I didn't even think about the outdoor. It's like at the mouth that of must getting have been. out there. It's, yeah, and so I, mean, I grew up up there. It's like being from, you know. So I, to me, I, I, that's why I've loved watching your journey up in Milo and what you guys have just created magic up there. Because doing something, you know, again, and I don't, I take no credit other than like tossing an idea out that could have been crushed and glad, you know, that Tim and the team totally ran with it and, and Greg and, you know, they designed a beautiful space, but to see something come to life in your hometown that you never, I yeah. never would have dreamed yeah. Yeah. that like a, a yeah. place that I, is really fond and special to me and that I, I really am proud to 
host, you know, bring people to. And, 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 and I go yeah. there a lot with my own family just as a customer, cause it's fun to hang out at beer gardens yeah. with your family. And so, you know, and, and it's, it's a trip and I'm, yeah. I'm really grateful. And, and I feel it felt like a very kismet thing that totally in the town is really rallied around it. Yeah. So it's, it's a message, you know, it's, and I can tell you, I, you know, coming from the financial realm, a lot of people when we were doing that being like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what, what you're, <laughs> why, why are you, and I'm sure you can speak to this, like <laughs> yeah. you're building a bar, a brewery in, in Oxford. Like, yeah. you know where that is. And, and there was a kind of this feeling of like, well, if we build it, they'll come. And, yeah. and that sort of maybe blind <laughs> ambition or, or go, you but just mentioned field of dreams and I'm going to start. Yeah. Crying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Out, you know, but so, that, you yeah. know, so that sort of, and when you have, when you have the right intentions and you, mm-hmm. and you have real, and, and, you know, and you look at it from a realistic standpoint, it's not like we were like, Oh, we're good. Let's just, let's just figure it out. Totally. You know, we ran some projections, like you, said, you know what I mean? Like is, we, we had some budgets, a, yeah. you know, we, we knew what we were getting into. So like, that's yeah. what I always joke about with my former banking buddies. I'm like, you know, you guys always talk, joke, you know, you, you, nobody ever talks about the investments that you made that didn't work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. just, you know, like you guys do crazy shit all the time, you know? And like, yeah. why can't we do, you know, for the, for the sense of dreams or, or to create some good in the world, you know? Yeah. What I mean? So, um, I feel really lucky that, and, 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 and it's, um, it's been a cool venue. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. I, I went by, um, um, I've been to so many friggin' weddings this year, um, <laughs> but it was a few weeks ago, um, going, going out, uh, out that way. And it was like a kind of just crappy Sunday, I think. And the place was packed. Um, it was, it's been, yeah. I mean, in the wintertime, like, you know, February has been some of our biggest months. Great to have yeah. it because it's because that of reason. that, you know, people are used to going there. It's a, you know, it's the skiing's free. Yeah. You can go we, now. There's pizza and beer. Yeah, Great. now there's pizza. You know, we work with the Gear Hub uh, the last couple of years where you can rent gear from them, so it's going towards a good cause. And uh. and it's uh, and so you know you can show up, you can go skiing, you can bring your own gear. You don't have to buy a single thing. We hope you do. We hope you stick around and order pizza. We put a uh, Tim and Birch built this amazing. Uh, uh, basically bar out in the woods at the old war- warming hut. So we have a bar. We call, oh, it, the, we wow. call it the yurt out. Like you got to, it's like a 15 minute, yeah. you know, ski or snowshoe, maybe, maybe faster ski out and it's out there. And, you know, we got Yeti gear and a few, you know, can bar That's and, so and, a, cool. and a warming yeah. hut. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's just a fun and people go out there and kind of party and then they come back. And so it's like people that want to have like the deep cut experience kind of go out there and then the families and stuff kind of hang totally. back and let their kids run around and play on these old, like 70 snowmobiles that we probably should change. Cause they're probably getting kind of rusty, but they look so cool. But it's, and it's just, you know, that sort of Belgian beer garden inspiration hundred percent of like, you know, mashing up. Yeah, You the, think the doll's going to buy a new snowmobile? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, come way, on, man. Dude, no come way. on, man. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah, we bought re- that thing off a guy who knows a guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so come on, you know, so, it's yeah. funny. You related it to Milo. Cause early on, I think right when we started the podcast, it would have been right before the Fava episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and me and my fiance had just gotten a pot um, oh, over yeah, the yeah. moon about this little fucking guy. And we went out there. Oh, cool. Spent the day there and took him out. It wasn't winter, so we felt yeah, fine yeah. taking him out yeah, on yeah, the trails. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just had truly one of those, like when you, if you kind of look back at like the the highlight reel of you falling in love with a person. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah Like yeah. those moments yeah, that yeah, are moments. Yeah, oh, that's that, cool. That's absolutely one of that's them. That's cool. I feel and like kind of used for, it for that. Thank the you inspiration for of, out, It is similar to Milo. Let's go see a place that, that behaves in a somewhat similar way and try to take some inspiration from no, it. No, and especially with you guys in that space up there, it's like people know they already love you. 
You know what I mean? Like they're heading up there or they happen. Someone, I, I want to see the look on the faces of somebody that happens upon that space. You'd Just, be surprised, you, know, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Like, no, like I'll I, tell you. Because the, they must be stoked. I can tell you the, <laughs> like, like, my favorite probably f- like fulfillment moment in that place um, was Kayla Bailey, who um, her father is like third generation ran the lumber store in town. And um, she's young and hip. She lives in Portland now. I think works at the Thirsty Pig. This is my next door neighbor. Yeah, his ne- next door neighbor growing up. But she's young, hip, and and she would always bring her friends in and stuff like that. And I overheard this. This wasn't hammed yeah, up yeah. for me or anything like that. But she was talking to somebody else, and she's and she was talking about the pride that she feels when she takes somebody who visits or hasn't been around or isn't from there. Or even better, somebody who is from there mm. coming back after years because yeah. all the young people escape those places. Totally, and that's do. part of the that's part of the core, one of the core issues of those places. Totally, is you lose all your young people and all your talent, and when they come back to visit, and she takes them through the door in Milo, and their eyes light up, and she said the words, "It's it feels like we're not in Milo anymore," mm. and it, it, to her, showing taking ownership over that and showing it to people gave her this huge sense of pride and and i started to realize like the deeper sense of what that is or what that can be in that moment and the emotions that were playing on in that space and it would have been nice if you had told me that (laughs) i did right now (laughs) (laughs) you're saving Uh, it for this yeah i was waiting for the (laughs) right yeah yeah yeah. pretty good (laughs) he's got a whole host of them just watch out (laughs) but truly it it, it was that thing and it it really really meant a lot oh that's really rad you know what i mean but that's i think that's the thing is that people do have immense pride about Mm -hmm. where they're from and where they live and their hometown and nobody likes to be told like oh like there's no there's not, nothing good in that place. Nothing. People just kind of write it off, and I think that sometimes it may be a side effect of of a place where like people come from away and they don't know, you know, it, and they know what they're told to know mm-hmm. sometimes. And unless they have a connection or a relationship with I, the space, they're like, oh, why would you go there? I think and, you're right about and I, that. And I, and I think it's you can kind of take that back sometimes yep. when when you when you're like, no, we can. We can do, we can create some magic here too. And that's why it means to, to for, from Pete's standpoint, the things that I heard yeah. him communicate and that he communicated to me. It's like, it ain't like fucking taste buds turn off when you hit a certain exit in 95. Right, no, exactly. They're like, we're going we're gonna to do what yeah. we do. Yeah. We're not going to do this Milo thing. We're well, not going to turn it down for Milo. We're going to build the experience we want to create anywhere totally and we're gonna put that within my world and that would have been the I worst mistake ever, ever to try to dumb it down oh my god the people way. no it's the stupidest thing ever yeah. because i love that like, taste that's what shows. you're saying taste why, my favorite like like the maybe like third month or whatever it's in there and you know and i i'm from there so i know some and you know you see you know the the first locals they hang back a little bit they're yeah. gonna check yep. you know and, and you know the, the old timers or folks that have been in the area that are like, Oh, I want to check this place out. Yeah. And they, and they, you know, they cut and then they pull you aside and they're like, you know, that beach is pretty good. They're like almost embarrassed to admit it. They're like, you know, I thought it was going to be shitty. They're totally giving you a compliment, but you're like, Thanks. I've got yeah, 17 you know, specific like, faces like, in my mind. Make sure right you explode because you're like, you're see, like yeah. human beings are just human beings. It's not, you know, so and again, they don't have to like it. It's fine. It's not like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's more like that they feel comfortable and they they feel like they're not like this isn't a space for them or something. And I think that's the worst thing that you can do. Either dumb it down or be like, this space isn't for you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this right. is for the cool people, right. like the yeah. people that get it or whatever. Right. Those are the two things that sometimes 
I think maybe like insecurity pushes us into totally. Doing. And I think it's yep. because somebody might not like it. Somebody has, I'm sure has come many times to Oxbow and been like, this beer is terrible. You know, we don't, we, you know, we're different a lot. And we, we don't make a lot of like IPAs. We don't make a lot of like really hoppy beers. And there's a lot of amazing IPAs and hop- and sometimes that's a challenge where people sure. are like, you don't have that. And you're like, no, it's not, we don't like it. It's just, that's not, this is what we do. And we have, you know, you should try this or whatever. And did so, you ever in your specific role and, having like you said being a fan of beer but not mm-hmm. but not being in it did you ever have the notion or or have the conversation about why we aren't or that you should or any of those things you know, with him i'm not usually you know I, I always joke like if i get too close to the uh to the the brewing process like on a, a special alarm will go off because i think the guys <laughs> will be like get him out of here man doesn't know what the hell he's talking about he's going to start using words that he doesn't understand and uh and it's just going to make greg's head explode so i try to avoid that but um you know i think there there's never like a, a science to that i, I think mm-hmm. you know we we make freestyles before that are hoppy ipas and done things but it's just I, I feel like it's there's so many people doing it so well <laughs> including present company, mm-hmm. I feel like more than ever, I feel like, especially in the beer space, like you, you got to really do you. 100%. And if you've been lucky to be given the gift that people associate you with, with, you know, uh, something that they like or want to come back for, I feel like, you know, don't abandon that. You know, yes. it doesn't mean you can't try stuff. It doesn't mean you, I'm never going to say never. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. business and life and things, but, um, I feel like that seems to be the the theme always about about the guys and, and the team at Oxbow is that like they really want to focus on what they do and they're passionate and, and and try to do it as best they can. Yeah. Um. And that's that's a and that's cool. I respect that. You oh, know yeah. what I mean, I think chasing the dragon sometimes can be really really dangerous. And let me tell you what, there's a lot of reasons why we should probably make an IPA. Well, <laughs> you know, but, but I think, but it doesn't yeah, you know? I again, it, maybe oh. we'll live and die on that sword, I guess, to some degree, you mm-hmm. know. And and in the, in the meantime, do I feel like loggers for us? You know, exactly. Uh, like kinda, you're, I almost think now more of Oxbow as as an old world brewery kind of in terms of the the breadth of styles that like Lupolo is a huge beer for you guys, yeah, um, yeah. and at least in association alone. Um, and that has nothing to do with Saison basically. Totally. Um, yeah. and that's kind of, it's like these continental styles and there's a lot of, lot of room to play there. And that's, that's just within sort of these imaginary boundaries to begin with. So yeah. I, I think, I think, I, any- I, I think, yeah, there's no rhyme or there's no roadmap, right? It's like, I mean, like, I, and I, you, I know you, you've spoken about this many on the, on the, on the podcast, but like I got to go to, to Belgium for the first time post pandemic, um, we do the trip uh, similar. We just stole it straight up from Allagash. The um, that must fi- have been somewhat years. recent. Yeah, yeah, it was this last uh, what? Yeah, last year. Um, and so the five year, whoever is in you know past five years went, and it was a great trip. It was an, I, I you know I'd heard about it and you know never gone and, yeah. and I had never been to Brussels, never been to Belgium. We just we, we you know we went through the Poundland and went to all the hits and and um, got to hit up your man. Yvonne uh, at, at Vasa de la San and, and it was, I wish he was my man. <laughs> dude, yeah. He would love you. the, uh, the, uh, the, and it was going to those places. I mean, Terrace Bulba is like, 
incredibly hoppy, beautiful, yeah, you yeah. know, Belgian beer. You know, there's no, there's no like, uh, you know, right. It lines fits into in the no sand. box. That totally. beer doesn't even fit into a box. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's like the best beer you can, exactly. you can ever, you can ever consume. Yep. And and it's because why? Because he cares incredibly deeply about oh, the process yeah. and treats the yeast like it's his mistress. And yep. you know, and 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 cares deeply and loves hops and loves the, loves the recipe. And so like I. I I, I was really inspired by like, I, I think sometimes we do, and I've been, and I think I've done it in my, in my time of like, we, it's easy to put things in boxes. Mm -hmm. It's easier. I think Americans, we do that a little bit oh, too it's like much. Human what stereotypes are. It's, it's like, shortcut. oh, it's this, it's yeah, this, I like this, I like this. And it's like, well, yeah. why, why? Like it doesn't, they're not mutually exclusive. You know? Right. Totally. You know? Exactly. And that's something I have loved about the beer industry though, coming from like a more financial corporate maybe background is like the, that's what the beer industry has going for it is it's collaborative by nature human i can't imagine and i and i worked in maine with mm -hmm. wonderful human beings and competitors and people that were great totally. honest bankers but i could not imagine sitting down with a with a other banker and being like can you teach me how to do this and give me all of your secrets and can i ask you really hard questions really is the you got a cigar yeah. from your mouth and they would have lied to me and watched me <laughs> fall off a cliff yeah. you know and like i think the first week like craig at algash and heather at, at at rising tide they could not have been more helpful to me being like I don't really know what I'm doing. Can you help me out? It's you know, incredible. And, and, and it's like, that is so special. Yeah. And I feel like, and everybody does. That. It's just like an industry where if you don't do that, you're kind of weird. And I love that. Yeah. And I think it, I don't know. I think it's good for beer. It's good for um, community. And because 100%. then it's not like, it's not like people aren't just going to one shop and then driving home. And if they no are, they'll is. come Well, back. I think that's part of the reason on, why man. is people consume that way. They go, they bounce around and go to different ones that there's this sense yeah. of everybody's stronger together. And, but I, I do want to point out though, that the, I, from my experience of watching Jared have to sort of recalibrate his perspective, his mindset and sort of marry these, these kind of mm. in very broad strokes, more, more artistic, I guess, yeah. world um, of of brewing versus dollars and cents, which is what he came came yep. in to do, and and I think he'd be the first to tell you that was certainly is is, is still an ongoing process, but he's uh, but I have a few uh, things I want to bounce off you that Go were some it. of yeah, his sorry. kind of I can wax biggest, poetic about biggest it. Thing. Wrong, I'm sorry. and his the thing he said that he was most um, curious about, especially with a brewer like Oxbow that. Um, has such a large foundation of, of longer term beers. Yep. Totally. Um, we kind of really struggled to figure out like, you know, he would come and be like, Hey, we should be charging like $50 a bottle for our stouts because of yeah. the, the time. Yeah. And yeah. it makes, yes. If you put that into the spreadsheet you have, it'll come out to some absurd number. Um, and my, that's why we joke like how much he hates Milo because it's nothing but that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but he's, it's been slowly at, over time, but basically that comes obviously at the expense of cash flow and just liquidity. If yeah. you have these beers tied up for a really long period of time before, and they're even kind of quote unquote risky beers in yeah. the sense yep. of there's yep. th more things that can go wrong if for nothing else because they're around for longer. <laughs> um, totally. so yeah, he, was that problem sort of untouched or how did you navigate those waters of, of uh, liquidity and barrel aging? No, it's true. I mean, you're not lying. I mean, if, if, if you know, if somebody was going to, 
get in a room and start a brewery tomorrow, they probably wouldn't pick a, you know, minimum five week, six week beer, long term format mix, you know, mixed from it from an expose so hard about it, it's on every packaging how yeah. long yeah. it took. Yeah. So it's you know, because of that factor, yeah. you know, you're, yeah. you're 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 handicapping yourself yep, to totally. some degree. Uh, and you're forcing yourself into higher price points and you quality is expensive, you know, especially and time is expensive. Time and, is expensive. And and you know, I, I think that there's you can beat yourself up a little bit from a, a accounting standpoint. You can, yeah, you can, you know, quantifying time and, and spreadsheets is, you know, you can get a room of accountants right now and, and they'll fight about it. You know, I'll what I mean? do it different, you know, yeah. so, and, and, you know, so to me, it's a, it's a value conversation. So we, yes, you got to pay the bills. Yes. You got to have cash flow coming in. You got to take care of your people. You got to make sure that you're showing growth and you have, uh, you know, cash in place to be able to make the whole ship sale. And, for us, those longer format beers are 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 a part of that. We know from a cash flow cycle that they're not we're not going to count on them. I know when they when they make Native Wild, when they make you know a longer uh, product, you know multiple year you know the, uh, beers. I know that that we are. I'm I'm almost banking cash in the future. Mm-hmm. And if we price those appropriately, if we sell them appropriately, if we market them appropriately and make sure we don't make too much of it. So our inventory isn't too crazy so that, you know, I can, I'm just having to stare at the balance sheet of look all the money I have someday, yeah. you know, um, that it's a balance. So you have to be nuanced in it. You have to, you know, my saying is like, as a CFO, I try never to say no, I say not yet. Mm. <laughs> and so, because I don't, I think the number one thing that a CFO can do that is terrible for a brewery, especially a brewery is crush creativity. There's a million high horses that I could sit on yeah. and on a daily basis and, and say, nope, nope, can't afford that. Nope. And, and many times probably one could argue that I should do it more often. Right. And that's you know kind of what I, mean? what I was. And I think that, yes. so, so that's that sort of feeling from me that as we've, we've grown and certainly as the pandemic and the supply chains and cash flow and all these challenges that we've all faced as an industry, you know, you have to check in with yourself and being like, all right, like, you know, how do I handle that and not, you know, become Darth Vader, you know, be the fun police, but sometimes you got to be the fun police. But I think for me, it's, it's, it's more strategy and, and, and saying, what are we trying to achieve creatively as a team and how, and running models and running forecasting to see how that fits. And then seeing if first I can match that with, with, you know, liquidity, um, and, and capital. And so either in the form of managing lines of credit or, or, or other short-term capital that we can pay back. I'm not just saying go borrow a bunch of money and hope yeah, it works yeah. out. But I think, you know, that was the, like one thing, one piece of advice I would give any brewer uh, that has a finance person is if they have a, if they have a working capital line of credit, which many brewers do, many companies do, make sure that your renew, your renewal time, the time where they lock it up from you for it coincides with your best cash flow time. Like these are things that when you're work, like just simple strategies that you can do to make sure that, Hey, I might go deep into something at a time where I know I can pay it back is a lot easier than doing it in the dead of winter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like have that the, cash, have that line of credit expire right about Memorial. I'll, Day. I'll never <laughs> forget the first, the first full year where it was just me. I, I was trained, you know, by, by the person that I replaced and it was a great, when we kind of handed off the reins and my first full year as you know the, the finance guy our line got frozen in april <laughs> and i was mm. like mm. and but i was a banker i knew i could speak the language and so i was lucky in that sense where mm. i could go and i always could i could answer the underwriter's questions before be, yeah. 
you know, and that was my, my skill set in that regard, you know what I mean? And so maybe our books weren't as pretty and as well organized or whatever. And, you know, from that sort of mm -hmm. micro accounting uh, level and that, you know, that sort of growth had to come, but you know, it's really all about liquidity in this game. It's, mm -hmm. it's about timing up your payables. It's timing out, making sure that you're not getting out over your skis, you know, timing out projects. But I want the team to say, this is what we want to do. We got big dreams. We want to do X, Y, Z. Sometimes I'm that person. They're like, well, slow down. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, because they're the, but I want them to be doing that. So I think to some degree with the, with the longer format beers, I want us to make as much of that beer as possible. It's my favorite kind of beer. I think it's, I want us to be in the marketplace, mm -hmm. but you just have, you have to be smart about it. You, you have to model it out. You have to say, and you have to be willing to take a loss for a little mm -hmm. bit. You have to know, you know, what you're saying up in Milo is you're saying, Hey, we're investing in this. We got to make sure our price points are right. We got to make, make sure that we're getting the value from the brand for this this beer that we're really passionate about. We think it's you know, mm -hmm. and, and allow maybe the other beers to to carry the load for a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and and you know, and and that's never going to make your CFO happy because they're going to be like, not right now. I want it right now. I want yeah. it right now. And and if the price allows that, if you think you know, you have to be, you have to make sure you're valuing yourself on that. You know, educating your client. It's a hard game to do. Yeah, it's easy for us to sit back and say, sell yourself for more. You know, hey, those beautiful, gorgeous bottle, bottles, that, you know, a beautiful beer that you're making up there, like charge a ton for that. Yeah. You can do it. And you're like, you come down and sell it, man. Yeah. So I get it. And I'm the one that said that before. And yeah. so, you know, Greg is probably laughing at me if he's listening to this. But, <laughs> you know, I think it's in some years we have to say no. If say, oh, we can't do as much. Can we yeah. scale back? Can we try something? Can you pick? Can you pick within that, that, you yeah. know, that framework? Maybe you do more next year. Hey, if yeah. we have a good year, let's budget it. Yeah, and let's yeah, say, yeah. hey, you're, we're going to put you higher up on the priority list. We're going to pull some of those dollars and we're going to let you grow that plan, you know, because it's good for the brand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, but not yet, but not yet. But not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if like Peter's got some crazy pet project that he wants, you might be like, hey, you got to slow your roll on that. I want to do mine, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So it's just communication. It's small. It's, you know, that's my, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. And then, no, I, I love it. And that's, and can, can you speak a little bit more about um, about the degree to which you factor in in any tangible way pricing to age? Um, we do. We we so that was actually a big part of our last year um, post, I guess, pandemic. You know, as we all know, um, uh, pricing changes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, costs change and Huge. so we the entire beer industry kind of enjoyed a, a very you know kind of luxury period of maybe not having to and i think it was not it's not a neglect is nobody's not checking their their price uh, margins to the you know per skew per brand because they're uh, out of lack of desire it's not i mean flipping time to do that shit. yeah you know they're, they know enough to be dangerous they're, they're making smart yep. decisions and they're going um we really wanted to take a harder look at it because we had the bandwidth we had the time we could do and it a cfo, a CFO. And if nothing else that's kind of that's my and that's, preaching and it's that's the and so, so to me that's the value of that world be like hey don't i think the biggest fear maybe out of a creative in the beer side is that the cfo is going to cfo is going to tell you what to brew and yeah. i would say that anybody that's doing that is wrong they should not do that yeah um yep. i think that that's uh that's the biggest way to crush creativity it's easy if you're a power hungry ego maniac where you're like i want to you can make yourself profitable and irrelevant pretty damn quick yeah right uh, and that i think that's fuck the, yeah. not trying to keep uh sorry i'm not answering no no it's all, it's all <laughs> great um because that's sort of another that's almost the bridge that we've made with jared and had to yeah. make because it's like no you don't you don't come from beer and it's not that you're stupid you're smarter than i am for sure yeah um but it's a good check and it's it just the fact is like 
just focus, build it, like making all these decisions based on price will uh, will eliminate your jobs far sooner than you think. It'll eliminate I, our, yeah, all our jobs. Like I, you say, price yourself I, into extinction. I, I think it's something where like, we have a fact, we obviously understand that, that, you know, um, you know, Momoko and Native Wild need to be, you know, more uh, expensive uh, than, you know, Northern Lager, you mm-hmm. know, but we also understand that there's other factors in play. There's market, there's, you know, you can go price your beer at whatever you want and sell it till the cows come home and you're only going to sell so much. So, you know, I think it's being real with yourself about how can we make this more affordable mm-hmm. and without sacrificing quality. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes probably I'll, I'll say it as vice versa is or, can we make this more expensive and s- still have it move at the same way? Exactly. Yes. You know? yes. And that, yeah. I love that. And that's exactly how you, you want the creative yep. and, the, and the passionate person to be thinking because you want to make the best beer you possibly can make. And that's what I think the best breweries in the world are about mm-hmm. beer first. And they, they re they reverse engineer that problem, you know? Right. And so I think, but I think from a purely financial standpoint, you have to make sure, okay, can we carry the load with our other beers that maybe are more profitable, maybe sell faster, turn over quicker, you know, to help get us to a point where we find that happy medium. It's, it's R and D, but you certainly don't say no to it. And you certainly, you know, you don't kill something, and, you know, maybe you just shrink it down, you shrink it, you make it, you know, so that's what we do. We play with volume. We play with, uh, you know, um, yeah. production schedules in terms of, you know, if we're using, you know, uh, you know, second base ingredients and we, we have time in the production schedule, if we can fit it in. Okay. Then I'm, the labor factor is I'm paying these, I'm, you're paying those hours anyway, you know? So it's like, I, I feel like that spreadsheet can get a little bit eye of the beholder. Mm. And I have had these exact same conversations in the opposite way right. where they're like, you're crazy. There's, there's no way in hell that beer isn't profitable in that content. And so you can look at things in a very siloed way. And that's what I've learned over this last yeah. year is there is a tendency from the financial standpoint, because it's a fear. It's like, I don't want you guys to lose money. I don't want you to, to put all through all this work and effort and go out there. And then it's like, we don't have any money at the end of the day, but made this beautiful beer. Like I want my cake and eat it too. Yeah. So I think that's a good exercise. That's a good check and balance. You're mm-hmm. a good CFO, you know, but I think it's that balance of saying, Hey, you got to let me play in this space, you know, and maybe I keep the the quantities lower. Um, and we, we try to find a happy medium. So yeah. I don't know if that's a great, Incredible. Well, I, there's no real science to it. I think it's just a combination of the team to say, Hey, here's where I'm at help me help you that jerry Maguire moment of like yeah not saying like this spreadsheet is killing it you know you'd be like come to the you know it'd be coming together and be like is there any way we can improve this is there any way yeah. we can rethink that because that's what i've learned is that that's the goal is hopefully like by finance being involved in a production schedule we inform better beer but beer that they wanted to make anyway Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think like in a perfect world, right. It's very symbiotic where these two, I mean, it's not, you're on the same team, obviously. If yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, ever. Yeah. They, it's, it's differing sort of vantage points. And I think is, but I, I think when done right, it can be very symbiotic in that yeah. they inform one another at all yeah. times. And I, I think it's funny to hear you answer that question that way. Cause um, I'm not positive, but I think that's more or less where we've landed too. Is like, yeah. there's no, how the hell are you going to do? How are, is you going to add an extra dollar per month and bear? Like it's, it yeah. just kind of, and especially because then it, as soon as something's in a barrel, the labor, it's just taking up space. 
Like, right. but the the actual labor you have to do to like manicure the beer yeah. is very minimal until There's, it comes time to pack. It was in, we, taking we, up space and we, yeah, liquidity. Yeah, that, so I've never the thought liquidity about for sure. That's but, never, but keep in mind, it's a little bit of an annuity there too, because when eventually, if you do price it in a in at least an appropriate way, you know, when you do eventually, that's going to take longer to sell. When you do eventually sell it, you're gonna that's cash that you know mm-hmm. you know you're moving that you're moving that asset onto the balance sheet, right? And that balance it sheet almost is, feels like it's, free it's, cash it's, it's sitting because, there because it's meant. So long. so long and ago. then if you can then it's more of a sales strategy you know what i mean so like i that's what i see you know, i was really impressed to see that like that's what blew my mind and going you know go to belgium these that's all they make you know what i mean yeah, they yeah. just make the hardest beer in the world to sell yes but they're amazing at it and they sell it and they still don't sell huge quantities of yep. it can be you know look at you know boone and the, you know and the you know, bone excuse me and the, and the yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. I watched Seth get corrected by some cranky old English woman. I know, that. I did it 18 It's pronounced times. bone. Bone, apologize. <laughs> Sorry, see, don't let the but finance guy talk about beer. The way the, uh, you're looking at them that way, there's a lot of American brewers that would look at, at you guys that way. Um, and the way I think about it, when, when we talk about Milo, for like Milo can only exist because Portland exists. Totally. In terms of building an entire brewery around a lot of these beers, when you talk about moving around volumes and some of that, what... It feels to me like there must there must be core beers within Oxbow yeah. that are yeah. allowing for yeah. for this to take yeah, place. Yeah, Lupolo Farmhouse what, Pale Ale, you know, like mm-hmm. our you know our 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 tasting room that 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 you know that revenue that you you see at your point of sale, mm-hmm. you know that sort of marriage of of wholesale uh, for us, you know, yeah. self distribute for you, but you, know, you have some costs associated with that, you know, versus the distributor cost. You, very similar model obviously and and then so it's it's a balance so you know it's all for us we want it all we we focus on the bottom line we focus on the bottom line of the core co- the, of the of the aggregate company mm-hmm. and so and i love that because we could very easily take a siloed approach and kind of beat them up and we do that as exercises you know we treat every cost center like their own little company but uh. you know as as um as as a as a goal we have to have a collective comfort level of of how much pain so to speak we want to take <laughs> yeah in that, yeah yeah you know? right, and then right. and then always trying to kind of going you know captain a having it and going after the beers that people want will pay for and we can sit on long enough to be able to sell and luckily that style of beer allows that yeah. You know, so, you know, that's kind of the beauty of that. You know, it gets better theoretically over a period of yeah. time. So, you know, if we sit on, if we were wrong in a production schedule and we sit on a bunch of, you know, mixed firm, you know, barrel aged beer, we have time to sell it. You know, yes. so there, and, and, and when we do sell it, you know, uh, in various different formats, um, you know, we, we should make out okay in the end. And then if you ideally can time those sales around the times when you're not selling your other beers, that's the dream scenario. Yeah. So I think I, that's what the orchestra, you know, I see, I see a CFO, I see any finance person as like a conductor of the, of the, uh, of the, of the band. So the, to speak, yeah. of the cadence at which and, these- and it's, they're not telling you what to play. The music has been created. The, the, the musicians have learned their craft. They're amazing. They're just like, can we do it over here? Can we do it a little over here? And, 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 you know, and you know my my music doesn't sound very good all the time. That's for sure. <laughs> but that's the goal. You know that's that's really the goal. And I think that almost that uh, it was something you said quite a bit ago. But uh, it was a word that I really resonated with is just being less reactionary. Because um, most companies start off that way, especially if you're doing well to start off. Yeah, you're getting positive feedback on it's being easy. reactionary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is but, great. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. yeah, I see these numbers. Yeah, these numbers. But yeah. obviously, that 
you know reinforces that, that. weakened that erodes over time for mm. sure well we've all had and a gut check right for this, sure and I, I think if anything um jared has allowed us to be less reactionary yeah. and that's been like we couldn't survive but in that same way like we we kind of point to it as like a low watermark of of like yeah something's got to change of it was like i think the january before covid um so january 2020 i think and um i think we had just the the we hadn't probably somehow we ended up with a ton of precept um in like the middle of january so we sent like a massive amount of beer for like the first time pretty much to new york the definition of a reactionary decision totally. partly mostly because it was like the the options at that time were not many <laughs> because oh, yeah. the yeah. time where you plan and and where a cfo would be really helpful has already passed you you right. have the beer now and you have to just kind of so jared came on full time i don't think too long after that um but yeah it's without without somebody like you say can, could i think the conducting mm. things a great metaphor Absolutely. Uh, just kind of regulating the pulse of everything um more often than not you're you're gonna ebb that way totally. of just being like yeah and you know i mean like we add you know brewing is a management of variables and, and obviously we add a, a bunch of more variables into the mix with the complexity of the style of the style that you brew um and so saving so much money on yeast though <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true it's true the uh yeah yeah failed beers can turn into other beers it's nice too yeah uh, um but yeah, I think that, you know, if Greg, you know, our CEO was CEO was sitting here, you know, he he'd be like, Yeah, easy for you to say, Matt. You know, it's easy, yeah. but I still think there's a lot of there's a lot of value in that. I, I have to really understand and realize that, you know, I can't just snap my fingers and say, like, hey, change this, guys. This would be great if we did this. I think that that's that sort of understanding. Yeah. And and I've done that. I mean, I've I've done that. I've sat there and been like, why don't we just do this? And they yeah. look at me like, you're an idiot. I'm as gonna, I'm gonna stab you. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> because you don't have a flipping clue, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How difficult this is gonna be, and you know, you know. So that sort of, but that you know, that's taking me. But you know, that's taking well, a long time to get to. Ways, you know what I mean? Like so, ways. you know, it's, it's like, like yeah, it's like, let's right. actually drop the price of substance to ten bucks. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, yeah, it just right. seems like it'd be more fair, you know, to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Um, no, and uh, right. no, actually, the spreadsheet says it would not be. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's funny because like the most mad I think I've ever seen Jared. He's not a very emotive guy, <laughs> pretty even keel guy. Um, but was when uh, we basically. We're having the discussion about getting a dedicated can for precept. Yep. So <laughs> you have to order like 25,000 cans. That's you have to order thing. like, oh, or some, maybe it's- That's some cash flow decisions there. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of, and it's not a huge amount. It's mostly the space tied up. And totally, also totally. It's, yeah. it means that we're leaning even harder into a beer that takes three times, four times as yeah. long to make as most of what our beers uh, are. And, um, you know, it was one of those things of like- we listened for sure to his, his reasoning, but Pete and I both thought it was too important. To, and um, I think we all learned, but we've been on this other side of that with him so much where he's absolutely right. And, and it's our kind but, of, you know, but sometimes you, know, you need that. I mean, like, exactly. I, it's I don't, been great. It's I don't think, great. I think that's the worst thing. Like, I, I, th I don't know. I, forgive me. It's my past that only I can re reflect on, but I feel like when you that's work, you're here. when you, when you work in like a, 
uh, uh, come from a only financial world mm-hmm. where the only thing you're moving and selling is actually money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a weird world to come from, but it's also kind of nice because you get to kind of see what not to do a lot of times because totally. there is no emotion. It's like, whatever, it's just money. Move it mm. here, move it there, move it there. You know, you're, you have a number over your head if you're a customer, you know, numbers on a spreadsheet. But when you're talking about beer and decisions in a company and, and, and um, a brand and 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 wanting to d- d- adopt and go into new markets sometimes you got to be wrong sometimes you got to be like no we got to try it we got to try yeah. this maybe the numbers don't mean it can we take the hit can we afford what's the worst case scenario you know if you're running skinny and lean yeah. and, you, and you don't have any room for mistakes it's a different story you know yeah. if your if your liquidity's out or, you know and that's what i think we all you know like we all went through a period of like okay take that playbook yep. throw it out the yep. window yes uh, i just gotta talk to my my my, my yep. vendors all yes. week um you know and so but but that's but then you build some muscle yeah being like okay all right i can I can drop back. I can I can learn. I can bob and weave a little bit. And I think then that's business. That's the fun shit. You and know and I mean? kind of you along know? that wave, like kind of similar to what Noah something Noah mentioned before, but if nothing else, there's an accountability built in mm-hmm. that I think mm-hmm. builds when you when you've gotten positive feedback, frankly, if you start a business like Abyssal Brothers, like an Oxbow, I, I can't speak for Tim, but you start a thing, you do it your way because totally. it's the only way you know. People resonate with it and love it. Your feedback is, I got the touch my way you is the way. You can't tell me what da, to da, da. do. Yeah, well, it, no, just, but, it builds but that. I, it, but then that CFO builds in accountability. Yeah, to I, I see it as a checks and balance. And then there's I a, really do. You, you have to grow through that. You have no other option. And especially... Milo being what it is and we joke yeah. about the bits but the moment he came on and was like okay I have like no real process for inventory of this thing <laughs> yeah. I have no spreadsheet for this thing yeah, yeah. and I've been I've been mindful of it of like just where I come up I'm aware that I get to do this thing because Portland exists and yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've always tried to keep it as tight and thin and lean as I can but as soon as that man is just in that position of counting those things then then you you kind of get around to that spreadsheet (laughs) exactly you you kind of you press button on this whole new version of growth of actually getting to it those are the gears right it's like trust me i don't i you know i i don't uh i would be lying if i said i got super excited about you know the 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 green visor accounting part of it, you know, yeah. I, I value analyzing the statements and I value having good data to be able to, mm-hmm. to, be able to make good decisions on. And so you can't have one without the other. So mm-hmm. um, it, that's why you have to, you have to have 100%. that either you have that part of yourself or you get somebody that does um, because that's so crucial. And I, I see that as like, you know, the best thing they can do for you over you is to give you the best data possible mm-hmm. so that you can then take that and make a, make a decision. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that might be, you know, and I could, and you know, if, if I could say to you, Hey, the data says this to me, you should do this. And you could say, thanks, Matt, I'm going to do something else. And that has mm-hmm. to be okay. Yep. Do you know what I mean? But, yep. and, and good data is nothing if not just accountability because and, and, it, it's and, what everything yeah, is. Cause it's at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, you know, the, the person running the ship, you know, names on the, you know, names on the lease, names on the, you know, whatever the bank note, like, you know, I, I've always, I've seen that other side of that where people have taken, and maybe that's just me and my background of like, you know, I've seen good people make bad decisions for seemingly good reason because someone else told them, but they didn't have any skin in the game. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? So I'm never going to look at Tim and say, Hey, you have this amazing vision and dream for something. You know, you should, you know, get, you know, go screw. I'm leaving. If you do, you know what I mean? Like it's my job to shoot holes in it to be able to play devil's advocate, to talk about it, to think about it and, you know, look at it. And I could probably always be better at that, but that's, yeah. I think 
it's that marriage, especially, yeah, you know, man. that's why we're all, all working in, you know, an office somewhere. Right. And we're yeah. working on a team, you know? So, yeah. Um, and, and so I would say, but maybe in your situation coming from that world to, into this world, that that's giving him that grace has probably been great for him to, to learn into that space as well. It's been, it, you know? I couldn't say I'm, enough I'm sure, about it being I'm sure great you guys, I'm sure you guys have been really, uh, that's been, a, yeah. it sounds like you have that and that's really amazing. Yeah, it does. Good like job, what Jared. You're saying, way to go, Jared. No, way Peace to go, Jared. Yeah, well, yeah, um, that's it. Your Russian Rockstar. connections questionable, but uh, <laughs> your heart is true. Now, how um, do we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along that line, one where I'd like to tie it up with accounting is, you talked before about like literally copying Allegash. It's something that we absolutely here at Bissell do and, and look. until they copied us podcast. <laughs> yeah, Damn, see that's a full circle. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, no, hey, um, but in a real sense, I think there's when you look at these the brands that become legacy brands especially right now yeah. and and I hate, I hate even using the word brands in that like businesses yeah, totally, that totally. have become lifestyle businesses they have become like meaningful to people I think you couldn't point at a bigger one than Patagonia right now and I'm, oh, there's gosh. obviously a ton of inspiration that was there the book Tam. I was required to read before I uh, you know, the surfing one or the, the surfing one I'm reading the, the um, a responsible responsible company right now yeah, the, yeah, the but um when it comes for when if you're flush with money and you have some of this scale to to invest in those things, Patagonia with documentaries and all of the work they've totally. done, that that makes some sense. Um, at a smaller scale, especially doing kind of the type of of beer that's kind of less margin and some of those things, there does seem to be a very a huge driver and intent to Tim to 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 build this into a lifestyle business. It's clear the outdoors stuff is there. There's a lot of collaboration with Yeti and things like that. Yeah. Are those things um are there huge input costs to that right now and investment in that? Or when you're dealing with like collaborations and things, is that something that can happen pretty organically without having to spend a ton of money on? Yeah, I would say that, you know, and I don't never want to put words in Tim's mouth, but like, yeah, I feel like that's the value of having a a really engaged, you know, passionate owner mm. you know and you, you you guys know um is that just that sort of relationship uh talent and skill set kind of can create some opportunities without yeah. having to expel a lot of capital to the investment them. is time you and know, energy yeah and so it's almost like sweat equity i yeah, see that yeah. as so it's like you know tim has more energy than any human i've ever met in my life seriously i don't think he sleeps and he and he just that's what he he loves he loves mm -hmm. making connections he loves going out and adventuring he has million passions he's you know he's the octopus right you know yeah. what i mean and so to me the worst thing i could do and i this sounds like blowing smoke but i mean it like yeah. the, the worst thing you could do to someone like that is is you know crush their dream totally you know? now you can you can give them some tough love you can check in you can say hey heads you know fyi you know, you might want to think about this or that or whatever, but Need that's just, focus that's just being a good teammate. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't see that as any sort of gift or special skill. That's yeah. just like have the balls to speak up once in a while. You know what I mean? And know that you trust a relationship or something and do it in a respectful way. You know, yeah. you know, <laughs> don't like call them out in the middle of the team yeah. and be like, why? You know, like, yeah. just, you know, we've I think, never spoken about this privately, but yeah, exactly. to, <laughs> you know, but I think, so I think again like or we're say we've been talking about this <laughs> and, uh, and then and uh yeah pit the everyone this, the best thing i can do I, I see a role is 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 like 
you know, do my job as best as I possibly can, make sure that all the cogs spin and the and the, and the, the, the wheels are greased mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But a grease it, man, as Matt might say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I love but the term Get the fuck out of the way. Man. Get the fuck yeah. out of the way and yeah. let the, like, are you kidding me? Again, you don't want Matt Delamater in the, in the brew house. Yeah. I can like stir the paddle and I can help out and carry some shit, but like, you do not want me making beer. Yeah. I love drinking beer. You don't want me making beer. Yeah. I want to, I want, so I, I have a lot of trust yeah. and I think that that's important. And I, and I think that that's just the thing is you just don't, don't, don't spill my trust cup, man. Mm. You know? And I, I, you know, and I think that that's the, that, that's what I tell my kids. Don't, don't spill the trust cup. You know? <laughs> Love cups always full. Yeah. Trust cup, a chicken empty. Yes. <laughs> you know? So like, you know, so uh, that, that's, 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 I don't that's know. Amazing. That's kind of how I approach it. And I'm sure there's a lot more schematics and spreadsheets and people could roll in and run some, you know, complex models that we could probably garner some more information, but you know, that's, that's, they the also might same. send the company into the ground yeah. and that's the, but um, the speaking of sending companies into the ground, um, <laughs> nice, very transition, man, man. Yeah, um, nice transition. you have uh, 26 IMBD credits. Does that seem about right? Yeah. A lot yeah. of cred, but that's, those are credits. Yeah. I mean, um, and the fact I can I sometimes forget that you are a working actor because a you are a CFO of a beer brewery, but um, I know I keep also, wondering is like, Tim going to wake up one morning and realize that anyway? No, no, no. Well, you get you <laughs> very supportive. Interesting, right? Because he said you said right from the get go that was you were already acting at that time. It wasn't like uh, you were just like I might move to Hollywood at some point. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah. and I just, it's so <laughs> unique. Um, and frankly, I mean even. One of our, it was a while back, but um, Sam Dunning has done a, a handful of label. He like, he drew that here's to feeling good label for yeah, us. Yeah, and um, but sort of, uh, sort of in the same boat, but except he lives in New York at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, so I guess just uh, like, like you were talking, you, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but you would just kind of, you're fresh off and acting uh, like a, uh, I'm this is a complete uh like a casting an call? audition yes yeah. an audition I don't yeah. know why so I uh, how, how how does that look in 2022 for you yeah so um I literally tomorrow go shoot uh, my next production uh for a few days on uh HBO production of you might have heard of it of a show called Julia which is a uh, about um the, the story of Julia Child and her her kind of uh, rise as a in her in, in television and in cooking cookbooks and yeah, yeah. kind of fame. So it's uh, incredible lead actress uh, Sarah Lancashire, the British actress that plays Julia Child. She's incredible, and uh, David Hyde Pierce and um, these amazing producers and directors. And it's the second season, so I I, I, uh, I was going to say I thought there was yeah. Uh, yeah. cool cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's the second season. So get in. When uh, I can't tell much about out. my role, or whatever. But yeah, it's a reoccurring character, and hopefully it's. That's uh, many re- reoccurring roles, but you know, episodes, but I, there's no guarantees in this world. I'm always like, I joke. I'm like every day I'm on set. I just, I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't take anything for granted. I'm just happy to be there. I do my, I just want to do my best work, be, you know, be kind, bring some beer and uh, <laughs> hand it out. And, and, and hopefully they ask me to come back, you know? So yeah, so I, I'm, I'm very stoked about that. Um, sadly, you guys may be the last people for a bit that sees me in this beard. It's coming off. Oh, yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. Incredible. so my string of bearded grizzly uh, lumberjack. I man, say it looks uh, like you worked hard to put that going, together. Too, going, uh, yeah. I wanted to just show full. Re- re- well, know. no, that beautiful thing probably wouldn't be that accepted in the fifties. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it wouldn't well be. Very it is what it is. So yeah. it's, that's, that's kind of the, I, I kind of let 
fate dictate my look from time to time on that because it's yeah but um where does it where does it film it, it films in boston outside of it films actually um in foxborough area but uh some of the exteriors seem to be kind of all over that southern southern boston south boston area um base camp out of uh norwood area incredible is that yeah. common I mean, so and just filming in Massachusetts in general. I yeah. Guess. So my my experience was so I've been acting for about, you know, professionally for about 10 years, maybe 10, 11 years. I started in theater. I started in community theater. Shout out to community theater. Best place. Incredible. And um, I just fell in love with it. Never dreamed. Never dreamed for a second. I would be, you know, in a, TV, in a film or, you know, on TV or whatever. I just loved. I just fell in love with it. I, I had. Uh, uh, stop playing semi-pro football and figured I should actually <laughs> surround myself with, you know, maybe uh, a healthier environment. And, um, and uh, I had always loved it. I'd always loved acting in my, in my brain and never done it. I never had the courage to do it. In in theater in school. I was an athlete. Stuff, I, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. an athlete, typical kind of. Would have know. been made fun of for doing that stuff. Yeah. Or just, honestly, I loved it. I, I was, you know, outgoing in that way and I would do like skits and things, whatever. But like, I just, the idea of doing a play and, getting up in front of all this, you know, I was just terrified. You know, I actually thought that I thought the theater kids were the coolest people in the world. Cause it was like, man, you're like 16, 15. You can do that in front of your yeah, yeah. peers. There's a bravery. Absolutely a make fun of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I thought that was really rad. So I, you know, I, I was in seek of in search, excuse me, of like a, of a passion. And I felt, and I called my old high school mentor and I was like, what's her name? Sally Jones. She's still with us. She's amazing. And I just said, Sally, what's going on? Can, is it, you're in the theater. What, what can I, you know, can I kind of come help out, whatever? And she's like, there's an audition for the music man tomorrow night. <laughs> come on. She at definitely the, sounds like a theater director. <laughs> at the Guy E. Rowe Elementary School, you should come. You're going to love it. And I was like, so you'd oh. never even done, no. just to make sure I'm straight. Yeah, no, I'm, you're an adult. Like you're out I'm of high school. <laughs> yes, I'm an adult you're human. You're in a full adult. Working, at, yeah, working at Key Bank. Yes. Uh, yeah. And eating my lunch in my car. And has never audio done anything besides like an English class <laughs> totally. impromptu yeah. skit type yes. thing. Wow. That's so cool. And yeah. too, wow, especially man. the bank, uh, some of the banking thing, but but definitely yeah. the accounting thing is very much like left brain type A generally thinking. And then. And then theater acting is so tight. B, right brain. He's a renaissance man. I know, that's what no, I mean. You guys know, I mean, like, but, we're not one version of ourselves, no, right? Yeah. You know, and I think if you are, like, go try, go take a class. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I think that's what I learned is, is like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I'm spending so much time doing this thing with all these people I just met. And I love every bit of it. And I can't wait to go back to rehearsal. What is this? Mm. What is this? Can I ask you a question? When, when, when you say working at Key Bank and, and that, were you generally unhappy? Or... You like, know, yeah, you where know, does the leap come from? Yes, of what, I'm gonna I, I think go looking show back up to now, that. I think I, I think I genuinely was afraid that I wouldn't amount to anything. You know, pressure of parents, and I had wonderful parents that encouraged me and were great. But yeah. I think the thing of like my dad was a banker, and I saw a very good example of a banker, and yeah. I was like, okay, this is a way you can live in the world, and you can yeah. make some money, and you can have some stuff, and you can do it. And I graduated college, and you know, I always joke, it's like listening to Life is Life of Pi in my car, like wait, like early audio book Early, yeah, nice. absolutely. Um, listening, wait, like this stretching my lunch hour as long as I can before I had to go back into that building. And Never the people I worked sign. with yeah. were sweet, wonderful people. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, I could tell it wasn't for me, you know? And I still stayed in banking for another like 10 years, mind you, but I just wow. moonlighted as this actor, you know, my God bless my wife. She like let me, you know, theater widow widows are a real thing. And she like, she, she, she saw that it was 
you know, a light had turned on and she supported it. And I will forever just That's love incredible. her yeah. so much more for that because Shout she out. had a million reasons to be like, you're going to do another fucking play? Really? I'd like to see you, asshole. Yeah. There's you know? big money in community theater, oh, it's, though, dude, right? it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, even like regional theater, you know, that's, that's, that's talking buku bucks. Um, yeah. When did the feedback start kind of hitting you? Not just that, like, clearly it sounds like you were happy to do it. Yeah, I right? started, I just started but auditioning. When, just when start- did it start to hit you that like, oh, I'm good at doing it? I never thought, you know, to me, I never looked at it like that, Matt. I, I thought it. Still I, don't think it right now. I, yeah, I, I it's never, you know, I, I can't watch anything I do, you know what <laughs> I mean? But I knew that I loved it. Uh-huh. I knew I could feel when something felt right. Hell yeah. Theater's great because you get an instant connection with an audience. So they kind of to- tell you. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. They tell you um, when you've done something special sometimes. Mm. And that's addictive. Mm. And I think totally, that's why a lot of totally. people love theater and love the live experience. Um, and having good teachers. I, th- I didn't go to school for it. So I used every experience as my, my schooling. I used my, yeah. if I had a community theater director, my director was my teacher. I, they could have been the worst director in the world. And I was lucky. I got many amazing ones. Yeah. And I will always give huge props to community theater because it's, it's just the only difference between community theater and uh, a professional production of something is consistency. You know, is is more people have done it more often. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? But I've 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 been part of some Fuck. of the more special productions in that world because the people together really cared, and that's yeah. really all that art really needs. But I started auditioning in bigger cities and bigger productions, bigger playhouses, theoretically, and and that feedback of like getting into a callback and and getting cast and like I worked at the Public Theater in Lewiston and uh, Chris Shario and Janet Mitchko, they they kind of took a shot on me and on a professional, you know, uh, Lord, you know, theater, the equity contract. And I, and I got to see working actors from New York and Chicago and LA and people that did this. And I was like, Whoa, they would travel around and come to that theater yeah. and then a yeah. production would come through and then move on yeah, to they the move next city. Part of their gig. Yeah. It's how they make their, gotcha. their nuts, yeah. so to speak. And then they're, while they're auditioning for movies and TV and bigger theater productions in New York or whatever. And so I was like, Whoa, this is amazing. Like that guy's insane. You know, you know, this guy, Dave Mason, I did a show with, like, you know, last mass at St. Casimir was like, I I played his brother and I'm like, I am working my ass off to just be half decent. And he's just like making me cry every night, you know, every night, every night. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This is, this is, I want that. I want to do that. And so that's sort of, yeah. And then from a film, I'm talking forever. I'm sorry. No, uh, this is incredible. From the film standpoint, I got lucky because, um, my friend, and an amazing filmmaker, Sean Mushaw, uh, and director made a film called Tumble Down uh-huh. with Jason Sudeikis uh-huh. and Rebecca Hall. And I was cast to play Rebecca's brother. And that was my first kind of, of big town. It's, you it's might know her. And uh, it's set in. Um, I saw the thing on IMDb. It was, it was set in <laughs> Farmington. We shot it in Massachusetts. And, um, and that gave me like my first professional. And then I, um, Boston, Massachusetts has really good tax incentives. Someday, God willing, the state of Maine will too. What I mean, we're, we're working really hard with a film potential film bill to try to make that happen, and someday that will happen. But with, if it wasn't for Massachusetts uh, having those tax credits, I I probably wouldn't be doing it as much because I got an NBC show shortly after that uh, that ran a season and then and didn't and worked on you know all the all the films that I've yeah. you know, Daddy's Home too and. Um, and then the the and then the biggest role was was the tender bar recently where it was a, a principal castmate cast member for the whole show. So you know day players, week players. Joey, you, you come in 
you do a scene or a handful of scenes and then you're kind of you peace out you know what yeah, I mean? that's yeah. like, and that's fun it's great you get to kind of jump in probably great especially if you have another Dude, job one of the best yeah <laughs> and so that's what i will say right great now Tim's any working actor listening to this podcast will be like screw this guy he's got a job <laughs> it's yeah. a family he doesn't have to do, he doesn't have to go drive across to, like so i fully i have mad privilege in this that i I came in the back door. I yeah. fell in love with the work. I'm proud of the work that I do. I'm proud of my approach to the work, but it is a very hard world. You uh-huh. know? And, and yeah, if I was paying my bills with acting, it would be really hard to do it in the Northeast. It would be really hard to do it without moving to a, a hub. Yeah. Nowadays with self-taping and post-pandemic, it's a little bit of the Wild West. It's a little different, but you know, I'm really lucky that I have a supportive, you know, Oxbow guys come to my shows. Yeah, you know, I did a, a play in space before the the pandemic, and it was a wonderful experience. And like, you know, they came, a bunch of the crew came out, and you know, and Tim was super supportive, and you know, and you know, because he recognizes that you know, we're we're complex humans, and I and I, I'm always grateful for that. Yeah, if you if you name like the octopus. You got to respect. <laughs> That's what I call him. You know, yeah, you're you gonna, know, you're gonna, know, you're no, be good at multiple things. Well, it made man. sense, especially intelligence. It, it, kind of well, that's thrown thing. into that too yeah, yeah. is how i interpret that that's you know? a thing in like i guess because I, I i have to say Smart shout animal. out to you guys you guys recently did a an episode where i would say you talked pretty much exclusively about mental health oh yeah and I, well, and I i loved that episode and i really was so impressed the way you guys talked about it and handled it and and that is a subject that i think really needs to get more light brought it's, to it on, yeah. and it's getting there and but like to have Two men, you know, you know, white cis men talking about their mental health these days is new, and I love that, and I want it more, and I, I was just really thankful for that. It feels like self, such a self indulgent thing when you're sitting here having the conversation. No, I thought I mean, it's so such many, a weird feel, and then th- that was the feedback. Frankly, kind of surprisingly, of like you don't hear two dudes talk about that anywhere really you can my aunt for. called me or in that in that <laughs> i love you Aunt penny but yeah she <laughs> called me from that episode and i was like wow i no, didn't know you were okay because we're again, i kind of wish you were just yeah. like we all have taste buds we all have feelings yeah no, we all have 100%. emotions and we've just you know we are all from you know have main connections you know i, sure. I, I you know i can't imagine a ton of experiences in my life where it was like man let's sit down and talk about your feelings all the time and like <laughs> you know youth and so forth. and i feel like i was a pretty supportive human being yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Big time. you know so i i don't say that disparagingly but the yeah i i so for me uh, the the octopus was actually something that you know uh i i was i was told is a positive thing about your nature in in a, I, I went through like better better help during like the pandemic where i was like i need to talk to someone i just want to talk oh yeah it was we're not good. we're not supported by them, so it's, Sorry, it's you yeah, can trash. It I really I, I, I like I, I think it's good for its purpose. It gets you. I, I wanted to talk to somebody in person. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think for people that need that sort of access, I think it's less a very, friction. Yeah, I think it's an entry point. It's better than nothing. Better than nothing. And there's some really. I had a really wonderful, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, provider that I really connected with. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like kind of helping me. I have a lot of anxiety and fear about like, am I taking on too many things? Am I Am I hurting my family? Am I hurting, you know, and, and it's like, as long as you have those communication, am I hurting my, my company? You know, am I yeah. doing these things? And so it's just, it's having that awareness and making sure that you don't have too many arms and legs, Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and, and being real and, and being able to check in on that. But, you know, I think just being cognizant of it is, is helpful. I want to put a pin in what you just said and, and come back to it. Um, but stay on the uh, kind of sneaking in the back door thing for a yeah. second. Cause it did, it's the first thing I thought of. And I did, I listened to an interview with you. Um, well, you, you touched on it kind of lightly, but 
I think when when you think about an an actor, as for so so many, you think about the bussing tables, or the starving artist sort of thing, or they they cold move to L.A. in their car, yeah, or like maybe the car's about to break down. They get there and think like, oh, this is like. Oh, there's Hollywood. no public transportation. Yeah, Everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. so far away yeah. from each other. Jesus, oh, we have Everything to, takes 50 this minutes. This is going to be difficult in my 92 Civic. Yeah. But in a real sense, the struggle that, that yeah. kind of, it's such a, you know, it's a um, a small probability proposition that yeah. so many people go for. I It was really interesting to think about you going at it this way, um, who has done so much to, you've almost, you've earned that luxury or like you've earned that privilege you. you talk about with a ton of work to put yourself in that position to do it that way. But can you, if you have the ability to be objective at all, it, and from like a pro-con standpoint, are there benefits, do you think, to the fact that it isn't do or die for you? Or are mm. there are there cons to that? How, how can you be objective about the position that puts you in when you're trying to get work in roles? Totally. I, I think, again, I'm really lucky. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's actually a strength. Yeah. Like it's a real strength. I think um, it allows me the luxury of looking at uh, opportunities uh, objectively of more, do I want to spend my time on this versus I need this gig, I need this money. Now, when I have a team, I have a manager and an agent, I have to be a little cognizant of that because I can't say no forever because I want them to still, still be still, around, still, be able, still make some money and do okay. Um, but at the same time, they understand. They came to me at this time, so they understand my yeah. deal on that front. And uh, Jason Bateman has the best uh, saying on this, which is like, calls it sexy indifference. Uh, when you go into an when you go into well, an, when you go into an audition, you should have sexy indifference. Yeah, and and I, it's not as produced easy to as that. Say but, from the Silver Spoon. Kid, no, but you know? yeah, easy to I know. I'm like <laughs> I'm like okay, Bateman. No, but but he but yeah, but he, he's he's earned his stripes, man. Damn. But the uh, I think for me, you know, there isn't that. That that read of desperation, hundred percent. That's why I asked the question. And I think too, to be honest, hearing you talk about it too, there's not the there's not the any degree of um, entitlement. Like, well, this I deserve yeah. something. Yeah. And I'm not saying that everyone that goes out really struggles and and whether they make it or not has that. But getting beat down a bunch of times can really easily lead to like. Yeah this is unfair and I'm, uh, this is unfair to me and I'm not getting what I deserve. Yeah. Um, when you are kind of in this negative, like scratching uphill oh, situation. You see a million people around yeah. you being like, that asshole got a job. That yeah. Yeah. Like that's yeah. an easy world to, to fall, find yourself in, I think. And any, you know, cause it is a judgment based world, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's not as collaborative. Yeah. You know what I mean? As so, just, you know, so I just real quick, I'm, I'm sorry to, to fucking no. wax on it, but to the, the sexy indifference thing. Yeah. Because this is something that Matt doesn't have it. I've kind of, well, I've struggled with my <laughs> yeah, entire life. Kind of hard to believe. <laughs> I, I used to terribly not have it. And I used to, I used to need and want from everybody so badly yeah. and like the mental health. It almost took my life from me. Yeah. And I do think there is kind of a natural law of life that's almost this kind of incredible unfairness, but you, you, you see it play out everywhere. Um, your brother spoke about it once in one of the team, like rah, rah speeches, the rally, the troop speeches, when something has its own life force and can move away independently, you see other things chase that thing. But when something needs you terribly or is, is trying with so much intensity to cut, to be a part of what you have, or you, I think our natural thing is, is aversion 
to move away from yeah. the thing that moves at us. Same thing with chickens. Kind of I move see it in my yard all the time. <laughs> move yeah, towards the thing that moves away from you. And I think that's just... I do think, I think that there absolutely is a power thing there at play. I think mm-hmm. there is a, an energy thing at play. I'll be honest with you though. I, I don't take myself that seriously in yeah. the sense that I think for me, I've done this now long enough and I've seen it and I, and I you know, that I've realized that I've worked with so many actors that are so goddamn good and then have not made it yeah. and not, and mm. are still hustling and they're still, and they are insanely talented yeah. and could be on any billboard, could be in any Marvel movie and, and they, and the amount of work they have to do to just get the roles that they have. So it, 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 it one way could make you go, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. But I think in the position that I find myself privileged and lucky to be, mm-hmm. I say, hey, I just like doing the work. I love doing the work. It can't stop me from trying. Yeah. So I'm going to swing for the fucking fences. Hell yeah. And if they don't let me, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm not going to be bitter. Yeah. I'm not going to be angry. I might be bummed. Yeah. yeah. But they can't stop me from trying. Hell and yeah. that approach has basically given me whatever, you know, quote unquote success. And, you know, I'm not, not a, as much not as leading Todd, my own store. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not the lead of a show. I don't have my own movie. You know, I'm, I, but I don't also, I haven't defined my success like that. And I right. think that's, I think sometimes that's the mm. issue is I have friends that are like, well, until I'm Ben Affleck, mm. I'm not successful. You're going to, you're going to be in trouble, man. Yeah. Ben Affleck is amazing. And you could have amazing things and, happen and to you and you're still going to be And he is incredibly talented and he has had a lot of, you know, and it's like, and even he would say probably that, you know, like, hey, th- th- this and this had to happen, you know? So like you're setting yourself up to fail potentially. But if you just say, hey, this is what I want out of it. I want to make it my job. I want to make it the work I do. I don't want to have to work in an office. I don't want to have to do this. I, I want to work for myself. That's achievable, you know, and you can still swing and you can still get crazy fortunate and crazy mm. rewarded for your amazing talents, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my friend, uh, Michael Braun, who plays Bobo in, in that, uh, in the, the tender bar, yeah. you know, he, he, this guy, it's like, he, he should be, he, he went to Yale undergrad, Yale grad. He's probably one of the most natural, uh, smartest actors I've ever seen in my life. You know, that, and, you know, it's like, and, and, and I, I really respect him because he just does the work, he just does the work and he's going to be like a huge, big movie star someday, you know, way bigger than he already is. But because he's just like, Hey, I worry about, I can control. He does a lot of Hell voiceover yeah. work. He does, and then there's other actors that are like constantly comparing themselves to someone else, and their thing's bigger than mine, and they got a bigger contract. That's a that's a that's a slippery slope. Man. Yes, so it doesn't I, work in beer either. I used to be I fall into that trap so much more. No, that's what I'm saying. On. It's very yeah. similar. I find yep. that world's very similar because it's really acting, theater, filmmaking. It's a team sport. Mm-hmm. And the second, and beer, you know, beer is very much a team sport. The second you make it not that. You're really setting yourself up for some game. hard. You got to win all the time. Yeah, you got to win all the time. You got to yeah. never be wrong, and that's why I feel so lucky to live in Maine. You know, and and get to kind of go in those worlds, treat it with grace, treat it with appreciation, and and it is funny. I am the weird one. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. that's like why Are they probably like who's that weirdo guy? It's nice old. And I'm not trying it to be a goody two shoes. I'm, I'm just like, eating the celery off. Yeah. You, know, you know Shawshank Redemption. You know that. You know. You know that film um, on the scene where there, where Andy Dufresne's on the on the roof with Morgan Freeman and there and there. Um, he's first in the in the in the in the prison at Shawshank, and he he goes over to the the guard and he like 
says, do you love you? And he's hearing him talk about taxes and I'm connecting all the dots here, guys. And he's like, <laughs> and he's, and he'd frame as an accountant and he goes over to the guard that like kills dudes and beats people up. And he's like, do you love your wife? Biff, and he like grabs him and he throws him off. He almost tries to throw him off the thing. And, and, he, and he's like, because if you do, you can keep that money tax free. And then he like risks himself. Yeah. And he's like, well, what do you want for this? And he's like, I think when men do a hard day's work, they should have they should, they should have. They should enjoy a glass of beer. I'm you are tying it together. Holy oh, shit! Yeah, Dang, I forgot they drink beer and on that day. moment. That moment is. I think about that all the time. Where like, you know, they ask her like, "Why do you do that?" He's trying to, you know, Morgan Freeman's like, you know, in his narrative, like, you know, you know he's no. currying favor and because he just wanted to feel human. And I feel like that is the, the the piece of any sort of artistic endeavor is that like, yeah. You can go out there and be like, oh, we're going to be the number one and we're going to be the best. We're going to get on the list and we're going to do the thing. And what, and and you will. And you are. <laughs> but if you approach it only on that, you're eventually going to fail. Yeah. And also, you're eventually going to yeah. fall. Your question, your, 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 as you get better at something or more recognition, you only, your tendency is usually to look at the next, well, I'm not, you know. I, we didn't win GABF or whatever oh, the these hell these guys the are making a better is. thing. I've tied that yeah. thing and that's not as good. So it's like it never stops. And that's the and negative. It, yeah. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about, Matt. Then people are like, I mean, energy is a thing, right? Yeah. Like, then I was like, man, that's kind of grumpy all the time. Everything's negative. Everything's, you know, and so I've just, I, that's something that I think we as humans, we, we can control. Yeah. When I'm on a film set, I may be the shittiest actor that's ever walked on. That got, the editor might be like, I'm never using any of that shit. You know, cut that guy out pretty easy. Yeah. But at least they'll, you know, at least you put yourself in a position where they're like, if they wanted to hire me again, that's not uh, a detriment. And so that's how I've always approached it. I approach my work like that. And, and I, 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 I believe I'm a good actor. I love acting. I work my ass off to try to be good at it. Hopefully I am. Fuck but, yeah. But I, I try to control that. How, um, this is a, maybe an ambiguous question, but like how in general terms different is the, the overall vibe set to set where, especially with you, you, you've done like a lot of smaller stuff, but then this George Clooney directed, uh, you know, acting alongside Ben Affleck in a ton of scenes, um, you know, a big budget th or I don't know the budget, but a, a big production, a, a big, big level production. Big, yeah, it was a big, um, <laughs> you know, everyone's actors, obviously. And I'm sure like the degree of, of, uh, control, like there's probably more light people and more stuff, yeah. but in general, like is the feel, how different is the feeling production from production? It's honestly, it's, you know, it's consistency. It, it's generally speaking, the quality of everyone around you mm. and the approach that everyone around you is taking is elevated. And that's a really cool environment. I, I really compare it to be like, I got like going into like the big league, like the major league. Yeah, it's like, totally. yeah. So it doesn't mean everybody's nice. It doesn't mean everybody's a great person. You know, there's, I'm not making assumptions there, but like everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody is, is takes things incredibly serious as they should. And they want to make the best piece of art they can yeah that's a really cool environment to get to you and that's not to say that doesn't happen on an indie on an indie film i've been on some amazing indie sets there's incredible filmmakers in portland that are doing it every day they just don't have the budget they yeah. can't hire as many people they can't hire all the nice gear they got a nice camera they got some nice equipment and they're making do and so it's faster it's dirtier it's like totally you know, go shoot here here you know you have more luxury you know george clooney you know that man he's incredible yeah he lets you make takes he gives you incredible direction he's kind he's an actor and a director i mean that's like heaven 
Yeah. You know, it's like, I would pay to be, and don't tell my agent this, I would pay to be in another George Clooney movie because it's just, he creates such an amazing environment to do the work. Yeah. And that's what he wants because he wants you to be natural and real and to create good moments. And he's, he's working over time to, to try to, to, to manufacture that. Yeah. There's some reality is and he's got the best lighting crew and he's got the best a second, you know, best AD, best second AD cost, you know, like everybody is just on their game. So like, that's what, you know, that that's to me, the difference was like, whoa, like they're, they have the luxury of being able to, to take the extra moments of rehearsing. Yeah, you know, not always, not every setup, not everything. You know, you're dealing with big stars and big people whose times are time is important. And you know, I always, you know, I always tend like, you know, you're not gonna have any time. You know what I mean? But on the sidebar on that, when I worked on Chicago PD with um with the Dick Wolf crew and amazing NBC production, you know, they've done that thing a thousand times. The Dick Wolf machine, basically, same deal, same deal, high level, but. They've done this a few more times. Yeah. You know, films are different. Films are start to finish. It's it's and we a, gotta do this twenty-six more times this yeah. year. <laughs> so there's a little bit of total a, difference. You know, a little bit of a difference. The the cool thing I think is really good about episodic TV, that the benefit they have for them is that typically the directors change. Oh. Yeah. Uh, how how different of a feeling is that? That's a so, great point so that's that I've fun, wondered about. Actually, this woman, Lisa Demain, was the was the director on that episode. She's amazing. She's an incredible director, she's been in TV forever. And so that's kind of fun because you're kind of linked with the director. Like they're coming in, they want to make a really good show. They know this thing. They know they're coming into a machine. They know the actors have done this formulaic to some degree. Yeah, yeah, no totally. shows, you know, no no shade. But you know, uh, I actually th- I think Chicago Petit has really good writers. The writers are amazing. Um, and they they're fighting some inertia in that way, but they want to make a beautiful you know story too. So that, I found that to be fun. That it was like. The director wasn't like, okay, next, let's go. It was, yeah. They were like, let's make something here. Let's do something. We're here. Let's do it. So that was really fun. Hell yeah. But the system, it's a machine. You know, you're like, boom, 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 boom. You know, you'll go, you know, transpo guys do this all the time. And you're going to the same set, the same location, the same thing. Yeah. So you got to work. You're not, you, you you can't roll in there being like, I'm here, everybody. Thank <laughs> you. I'm the guest star. Nice <laughs> to see you. They're like, hey, what's up? Go, let's go. Boom, boom, boom. So you have to just, again, Whereas you get a little bit more uh, of a family environment on a film. That's why, like, I, 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 if I could pick that formula, pick it, I would do films nonstop, like the Mm -hmm. tender bar, you know, good scripts, wonderful producers. I mean, that, that was a dream, you know, I probably peaked too soon in that situation, (laughs) but, uh, but you know, I think that's how people keep evolving their peaks is being in something like that. So that, that, but that was, um, but yeah, I think, and then, you know, the worst, the, the poorer examples is when, you know, people don't care or, or they're just doing it for the money. Or yeah. You know, sometimes commercial work can be like that where mm. it's like no director super stoked sometimes about doing a, yeah. a director, you know, a commercial piece that, you know, you're usually doing it for other means and other reasons. And, you know, and the, those environments can be a little bit harder to like manufacture the goods or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, but not always, but th- I would say, yeah, you got to understand, you got to know the world you're about to go into, mm-hmm. you know, cause you can get like, I've seen it. Like I've seen like, yeah. the, I'm here to act. And it's like, boom. Oh. You know, you're like, oh, sorry. I bet an anvil so, dropped uh, from the sky. <laughs> like, sorry, yeah. you didn't get the memo on that yeah. one. But that's like the experience. I've gotten to do it. You know, yeah. I, I'm sure if there's footage of me on my first film set, you know, it's like, hi, <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, hello. I'm acting here. <laughs> Next year, it's oh, the Oscars. Crafty, crafty, can I have a water? Can I have a, you know, it's like, you know. Uh, just uh, in I, a, a kind of personal uh, <sighs> 
point, um, how do you like, do you want a lot of director feedback or do you, are you more of a prep person that tries to come in and have those ducks sort of in a row? I'm, of course you want to have your ducks in a row. No, that's a good question. I'm a, I'm kind of a needy bitch actually. I I really like directors. I, I say that jokingly. Like I, I. It was my my athletic background or something like that. I really valued coaches. And, mm-hmm. and well, uh, that seems like a recurring theme in yeah. your success. Oh, yeah, 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 it really the, does. I, I just I, I I feel like we can learn from everybody around us, and so I I, Hell yeah. I, I really want I, I want to know, but I think what I've learned is you don't always get directions. So you gotta ha- you gotta ha- you gotta have your choices ready. Yeah, yeah. I was kind gonna of say metaphor. it's a two way street where they might not want to give you a lot because they're like, I don't care about your scene. Yeah, I'm worried yeah. about Ben Affleck's scene right now. Yeah, Matt. can you can you just make a choice? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. So that sort of, I think the best actors I've seen that I want to emulate or you know strive to be is like they are very good at taking direction. They're very good at working with directors. But if there's crickets, they'll show up and do the work and they'll be good. And because they're going to come with their choices. Brian Cranston is a great, uh, like, a, he's asked a question about, um, you know, what should I do with young actors and auditions? And he's, you know, and just, you know, come, make a choice, make a strong choice, be ready to go, you know, but be ready to listen as well. You know what I mean? And, and make, and then leave it in the room. When you say, so you say choices as if you, if you'd have character like a, choices, you'd have a couple different ways of doing it ready well, to just go. Just have a do choice you, about the, about the perspective, have a perspective about the character. Gotcha. Like tomorrow gotcha. I'm going to go in and I have a perspective about this character that I'm what this play. person would do. I don't know if it's any good Yeah. and I'm going to be ready. I've never met the director. I don't know her. I know she's good. I know she's talented and I'm going to be ready to read, receive the, the, the feedback from my other actors and from her. And, and I, and I have to be ready to pivot, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. I like that. And, and versus some actors are like, no, 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 let me, my process, let me, you're, you're messing with my process. And I, I, I'm never going to judge anybody's choices on that. That's just not how I do the I approach it. I want to be ready to do it yeah if she if if you know the light turns on and that's you know out, out on on the ice but if they're like hey i have a really defined vision for this i'm going to be open to it let's, yeah. let's go let's see if i can make it work it's that's- so cool that you're going to shoot an hbo show tomorrow that's yeah. like just in it's so cool man it's so oh, surreal almost to me um it's surreal to me so good yeah cool, oftentimes cool. honestly so hbo is i'm so stoked for this hbo yeah, I've never worked fire with them. when nothing's it, close like, to it i never i mean i'm like quality. one step closer to game of thrones you know, <laughs> yeah. and true detective the no, house of delamater no, might be coming next yeah, know, you know right, after no, the dragon yeah, thing yeah, i know up. i feel like i don't think i have the blonde hair for I was gonna, you're gonna have to grow that yeah, all well, you're a different house dude i'm a star i'm like in the stark house yeah yeah the uh but was dead yeah so you could do something like that maybe it's true it's true yeah um, but uh no i just incredible. it's like i just i pinch myself i'm like what the hell i'm gonna go do this stuff that's like i was you know dancing on stage in community theater like a <laughs> moron you know what I mean? like, it's unbelievable <laughs> it is man and honestly i i say this a lot but i you are about as easy as a person there is to talk to oh, you man. do so much but this audition's been, been uh wonky on me and i'm at this point really nervous it's gonna no i'm talking me. your ear off i'm so grateful no for dude this is great i just i literally want to make sure this no, gets saved yeah, 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 let's so let's it. let's hit up three bay and uh yep. we'll uh for now be on our way three so bay. i mm-hmm. i got um i want you to pair three oxbow beers of your choosing okay and mm-hmm. then i'm going to give you three of your film credits oh, and you can link those how, however you'd like to because i gotta so, match the, the three up the yeah six up okay. yeah and whatever whatever <laughs> way you want so so let's go um let's go with uh 
we'll definitely do the tender bar. Of course. Uh, we've talked a lot, a lot about it and probably the biggest thing. Um, Detroit, uh, another really big movie. I, I yeah, have I had not small, seen it. I had but, a very small role in it. Okay, um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do yeah, something there. more. Um, it was great. I love that experience. But uh, Let's do Tumble Down. We mentioned yeah. Tumble Down. Cool. Okay, okay. And then so, I'm going to really, uh, let's go, go with. Go deep. Go let's deep. go with She Feast. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Best line ever. All right, She character. Feast. What was the line? Hit the ground, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> while, the, while the guy machine gun, terrible CSI, a bunch of really hot, attractive uh, zombies. That was uh, uh, hit the ground. Bitches. Hot zombies hit the ground. Oh, it was terrible. It was, uh, well, it I know great. what I'm watching it tonight. It was great, but it was oh god, <laughs> that's incredible. I can't believe he okay. pulled that okay. out. Okay, tenor bar, ton, ten, 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 tumble down and sheaf. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I, I picked the beers. You, you uh, pick yes, the beers. The beers okay. are Pair them up with yep. the movie okay. and tell us we're gonna, why. We're going to go with She Feast out the gate. I feel like She Feast is like Cletus. Hand scrawled, label, dark, farmhouse. That is very you know, good. What the hell is in that beer? Um, good memories, though, every time you drink but it. It's, you know, but it makes you smile. When yeah. You, when you enjoy it. Um, okay. So let's good. Think, let's see. Tumble Down. That's like classic. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, main grown. Mm. Our first like main grown farmhouse ale, like our saison Dupont, yeah, so yeah. to speak of in the 750s. I love that beer. And then tender bar, nostalgic. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go arboreal bourbon barrels. Oh damn! In the bar. Yeah. In old school nostalgic hey. historic yeah. beer. Just make but, an improvise. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Incredible, man. Um, yeah, she feasts Jesus. Oh, God. Please I can't believe that was please the Please don't line. go see that movie. Get no, that, was, that was actually, the people making that movie were amazing and they were awesome. And that was one of those days. It looked like literally your first credit almost. Oh, dude. It's like those are the days when you were like, I'm going to be in a movie. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. guys were like, cameras and totally, you know, makeup and things. You're like, let's do it. Is there in Portland? We should, yeah, that was great. Stupid long nights sitting in places that you're like, why am I here? You know, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Thank, thank you, you, man. This thank is you for I, the uh, as far as, as far as these conversations go and being able to talk to somebody with such an incredible perspective on being able to do so many different things. This is, this is one of those episodes that, I got a I got a whole week to go do now, and I'm gonna be pretty oh, fired awesome. up to go fucking do it. My <laughs> I man. appreciate yeah. you, guys. and I I really appreciate. He's you gonna be the time. calling Bangor Community Theater tonight. <laughs> 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 I'll probably get my acting on. Yeah. Do it. You guys both. I can dig somewhere. I can reach somewhere. Oh, you. Oh yeah. You get this kind of stage. I've been telling him for five years. I don't. I think that dream's done. But for him to vicariously do stand up comedy. Basically for me, you know, I'll do so it. I, could, uh, I, so I dude, do that's it. the most terrible medium. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, terrifying, terrifying I medium. Very maybe slowly. Most wonderful will, medium, but that's terrifying. I will do, do open it, mic do stand up before I die. Yeah, well, I, at question. that point, I won't really care. <laughs> right, you, you let me die. know. I will. And you let me know. I'm gonna be at that show. Let him know. You're just like, yeah, whatever. That's a bad image. Matthew Delamater, thank you so much, man. Thank you, um, Great I time. appreciate you. Incredible And best of luck tomorrow. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Kill it. Fingers crossed. Make your choice. I'm in the mood to be slow and careful My body's ready for a mountain climb All of a sudden it will all become lovely The flower that opens in the morning light